Well, this is it. This is our very first episode of Comic Book Squares, um, where we're going to review um, books about uh, independent books that might not get as much play in the, uh, you know, general review sphere like uh, Marvel and DC stuff. So we're going to try and give a voice to those that don't have a voice. And uh, so our first book that we're going to talk about is Not All Robots. Yeah, we're going to do this is a five issue limited series, and uh, we're going to do issue four. So right off the bat, what did everybody think? I really liked it. I I really did. Um, You know, uh, the first thing I thought of when uh, by the time I finished it, did you guys ever watch um, uh, Animatrix? um there was some so that the, the animated ver- like stories behind the matrix so it was like mm-hmm. all the stuff leading up to the robot wars it kind of reminded me of that in some ways um because they're all they were like a world established with these long-term relationships with robots that have been this kind of deteriorating over the years so uh interesting. Yeah, some some uh some similar not not complete similarities obviously but some similarities there that i was noticing yeah absolutely i i, I kind of did not not familiar with the the matrix uh animatrix piece of it but definitely i think the concept of the of the robots you know where they some of them start to become you know kind of out of date and uh you know you've got new versions coming out things like that i think i think that relates it's i don't know sometimes i look for deeper meanings than that and how it kind of relates to to um that that concept when we think even of cultures right certain certain cultures that certain beliefs of you know grandparents grandparents as folks get older and you know it it's kind of contradictory to the throwaway society and things like that like oh you buy a appliance and it breaks you just throw it away you know there's no attempt to fix anything anymore and it seems that way a little bit with this storyline it has an interesting spin to it i like it yeah. yeah, I totally agree. You know, that's interesting you bring that up because I, when I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, this is definitely, they're, they're making some sort of an allegory to uh, mm-hmm. society. And I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I'm glad you mentioned that, Mike, because that's very interesting about, uh, you know, how we treat, uh, not, you know, appliances. But I, when you said grandparents and, you know, we set them aside because they have as much value, I guess, that's very interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, but yeah, I love it when sci-fi does that, when it uh, makes a commentary about society. I think that's when sci-fi is at its best. Um, so yeah, I, that that is definitely one thing I really did enjoy about it, for sure. But you, Paul? Yeah, I agree with, with everything you guys said. Now, obviously, I've kept up with the whole series, so I can tell you that from the outset, um, you could tell that there was some foreshadowing going on. Um, you know, there was, you know, the... Um, you know, the robots in homes right away, that made me think of sort of like a Wally, Terminator, Blade Runner, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to replicate ourselves, but better. And we haven't quite beaten the clock. Even we become outdated, right? Robots, machines become outdated. It, it's like we keep trying to fight, um, you know, that entropy uh, that's coming for us all. Um, and all of a sudden, like we do, we care when we get outdated, we feel the aches and pains and ask ourselves, when did I get this old? You know, (laughs) why, why does that hurt now? And now you've got robots that, that were allegedly created not to be sentient beings, but to just be at our beck and call 
you know, and, and I think, you know, we, we see where that is ending up. Uh, you guys have just read the fourth issue and there's some things that occurred earlier on in the, in the, in the series. Uh, one thing that I'll mention here, just, just for some perspective, um, you guys may have seen it referred to in the book as the Orlando incident. The mm-hmm. Orlando incident yeah. was what, what occurred if uh, I, you know, if there was, a, I, I'm pretty sure there was a reference to it. The, uh, the robots down there uh, erected a bubble over the city and cut off the oxygen supply and killed the entire city of Orlando, sort of as an opening salvo to, we just want equal rights. Mm. And that was their move to demonstrate to humanity that they were serious. So what did humanity do? We're getting away from building robots that look like robots that look like machines where we don't care about them. And now we're creating mandroids. We're putting a happy face on a machine, Mm. making it look even more human. Mm. So it's, it's, it's really heading down a road. And, uh, you know, and I think we, it's, it contains elements of everything we've seen before, just really repackaged. Um, and this is only about 30 years in the future for some, some additional perspective. If, if you guys hadn't gotten that from that issue, it's, it's in 20, it's in the year 2056. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Really not that far off. Uh, although, although Blade Runner promised me in 2019, there'd be <laughs> cars. That's right. <laughs> and giant pyramids. <laughs> that hovercraft piece, yeah, right? Exactly. Know, <laughs> I mean, they, they promised me there would be Chinese noodles in every corner. Yes. It would always be raining. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, there would be, you know, there would be, you know, a replicant in every home, but uh, that's right. <laughs> well, one thing I found interesting uh, too, is that when they made the mandroids, right. Uh, they made them obviously to look really, really human, but one of the things that they got rid of was their capacity for violence. Mm-hmm. And what I liked though, is that when they, when we tried to create uh, the most human version of mm-hmm. ourselves in robot forms, they're ineffectual. Right. <laughs> they can't help us. They're just, they're standing by like, oh crap, you know, like the whole violent, like uh, when the revolution starts in there and everything and the mandroids just kind of back off or run away. (laughs) My suggestion to you is to get as far away as possible. Yeah, I think one of them said, I'm I'm sorry this is happening to you as they're running away, right? Yes. (laughs) It was like, dang, that's cold. It was was like, you know, they they created some empathy chip that even the humans don't have, you know? Right. (laughs) Now we could just install those in human brains. We might have something. No, no, we had to create a whole new species of machines to care. Uh, (laughs) Right. But we had to to get rid of Orlando to prove it. So So, definitely that that tidbit that you you added about that dome, again, to us just reading the one issue, no clue of that dome but that mm-hmm. yeah that's that is a huge significance right and yeah i think it's again to me i i always love i think uh shane you once said that when sci-fi brings us out it's it's amazing and it is because we think about we want an easier life we want more uh re, um relying on technology but then at some right. point what happens if that technology doesn't agree with you know our mm-hmm. beliefs or threatens us and then right. you know by then, it's the whole uh, AI piece of it where we're like, wow, we want smarter things, more technology, easier life. But then, you know, exactly as someone mm-hmm. mentioned, right, Terminator at some point, right, yeah. where they think on their own. And it's really actually that sci-fi piece, I think, through the decades, right, we've talked about how sci-fi is kind of a is kind of a, a time machine for mm-hmm what could be occurring in the future and, mm-hmm. and AI has always been a piece of that whether it be a Terminator or, or a comic or 
you know, uh, Wally yeah. or whatever. You know, I think I think that's that's what makes them so. Uh, they reach out and grab you sometimes just with that that idea yeah. of this. You know, this could be our potential one of our potential futures right right it's pretty amazing yeah i think that's what made uh twilight zone such an incredible series that still yeah. you know lasts today i mean rod serling just he had this ability to use uh science fiction and 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 fiction story writing to paint this broader picture of subject subjects that he really couldn't even talk about in general open at that time <clears throat> period um which was you know brilliant on his part um so, yeah. Shane, I don't, I don't know if you, if you guys know, uh, you know, Rod Serling, um, what was a, was a veteran and he yes. had, and he had nightmares and, mm -hmm. and the twilight zone was actually a way for him to deal with, uh, the nightmares that he had, uh, yep. which was crazy because I, I don't, I don't think that that was, um, acknowledged at the time. I, I don't, I don't know if anyone ever made that connection, but here we are years later talking about it. It's still, I mean, it's, we use it like we do any other word. Uh, you're so crazy. You're in the twilight zone, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, we, we actually use it, you know, as, as like a state of mind. Um, and I mean, so it's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, looking at, at a book like this, like I said, there's so many elements that we've seen before. Um, but what I liked about it was it was just totally grounded there was no supernatural. There was no, it, it was kind of like a slow burn. It's kind of like, you know, you could tell that their, their robot at home was not very happy. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. and you're like, why does this, why does this robot so unhappy? Why does he care? Mm -hmm. uh, and then he goes to work and there's other robots and they're all bitching and moaning. And you're thinking <laughs> this is not going to end well. Mm -hmm. right. So yeah, they, they never really show you. They never really show you in all these movies the robots around the water cooler bitching about their humans. <laughs> right. And, and when I saw that, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is not going to go well." So, you know, I, I mean, you guys have seen the cover of number four. You've got, you know, the robot. You've got, you know, you've got him standing in the doorway with the family, like terrified to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah, you know, so. So, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of technology. I, I love the Tony Stark stuff, but I'm, I'm not ready for facial recognition or, or retina <laughs> scanning just yet. I love right. the idea. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I mean, we're, we're sitting here on a, on a, you know, on a zoom call. Um, and, uh, you know, Shane and his, you know, uh, infinite, uh, bag of technical toys there could make us say and do things we would never say and do <laughs> although maybe that's not true maybe at one point we would have all said and done them just not lately but but you know that i feel right. the whole thing so so for me this book is really like you guys have said and I'm, I'm i really appreciate you guys um uh catching all of those allegories like i did is i think it really it's basically these guys creators really school mike diodato has been around comics a while and he just has a way of picturing things shane and i were talking about a little earlier I think it would be better maybe to have been a longer series or maybe even a little concise. There's a lot in every panel, which I mm. think, which I think uh, pulls back a little bit, but still a pretty high quality story. Um, and I think, I think the humans are definitely second tier players in this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, the panels, uh, I'd like to touch, I uh, hopefully we can touch on the artwork too. Yeah, let's bit. do it. Um, let's I, I really loved that the lettering was so cool to me like I I, I need to I, I'm a bad uh, co-host here I didn't I didn't remember the name of the letter and I didn't wanted to talk about it but I love the lettering because uh, like when you see the conversations between you know the humans or the robots or even the mandroids yeah. there's like a very distinct look to each and a feel to each of those yeah. 
Um, so I really appreciated that. And it was a fun, it was kind of a newer uh, way to approach it. It wasn't your, uh, typical, you know, uh, robot lettering all square block (laughs) letters or anything. Uh, but it still gave you that sense of like, uh, human versus machine, you know, and vice versa. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, um, you know, they, they actually, uh, they actually kind of make fun of you, uh, even of the social media with their, um, their talking bot. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah i thought that was yeah, really clever they a, actually they have a robot on and they have a person on and there's kind of that interaction <laughs> you keep thinking the robots just you person's going to be talking and you're just going to see this metal spike shoot right through their head you know like <laughs> conversation <clears throat> conversation terminated human you know right i was right. waiting for it but uh so so the letterer is named steven wands like one yeah. like a magic wand i've never heard of him before uh, the the writer Mark Russell and artist Mike Diodato they both work for Marvel and some of the other companies so I'm familiar with with uh, Diodato was on uh, um, a book that Marvel I think is ending called Savage Avengers I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but mm. it's it's basically like a uh, it, it's it's crazy it started out as a team trying to fight Kula and Goth uh, a wizard a warlord uh, with Conan Wolverine. Electra, the Punisher. It was it was pretty crazy. But Mike was the artist on that. So when he he was the 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 artist on this, I really liked it. One thing, um, like I mentioned though, I think I think they're trying to shove a lot in in each panel. Um, yeah. It's still really attractive stuff. But uh, but yes, I agree with everything you said, Ben. Yeah, I think I think definitely there's some warrant to uh, rereads, right? Uh, to mm-hmm. me, it's almost like. Uh, Sometimes when we hear of a movie or a book coming out, we, we might get a little bit of, of insight from other folks that have maybe reviewed it and, and their take on it. But I think sometimes when, when you yourself pick up a book or, or watch a movie numerous times, there are definitely, as you said, Paul, you know, there's things that, that there's so much content and so much, there might be some things that just go right over my head and it's like, oh, well, let me let me look at this again, mm-hmm. you know, and that it sometimes is even more enjoyable, of course, the second or third time when you travel back and pick up those little mm-hmm. little nuances, little, little items, little details. So I absolutely. don't know that I, I don't know if there's a comic that I pick up on Wednesdays that I don't read a second time before I bag it and board it. Just to say I did, you know, just to say, let me make sure I soak all that in. <laughs> let me get my sure. $4.99 worth or whatever. <laughs> my absolutely. My girlfriend laughs because uh, I'm, I'm here reading, you know, the, the books and stuff. And she's like, yeah. how long does it take you to look at one panel? And I'm like, I'm trying to take it all in. You know, there's not just the words. There's like all the you stuff know, in the back. Like, you got to make sure you're capturing. Well, you, you know, you think think yeah. about it from, from like this standpoint. We didn't think about this like when we were kids because I think the art was geared more towards us at that age. But I think the art now is geared towards, um, you know, uh, our generation that appreciates the more intricate details and sort of the subtle things that are on each panel and from page to page. And, you know, we wouldn't have picked up on that at 10 years old, but I mean, it's, it's, it's to me, if the artist is going to take the time to draw it, I'm going to take the time to look at it. You know what I mean? I, I don't just go word bubble to word bubble. And especially with a, with books like these that we picked out, if you did that, I think you'd really be cheating yourself, you know? Absolutely. Um, so well, I think you, that's an important point about, uh, you know, the comic book, medium in 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 general Absolutely. you know you know just looking at it from a, a, an artistic and storytelling standpoint you know we've got every you know traditional novels where there's just you know text on a page you know mm-hmm. to to uh, cinema where you've got motion pictures um and, and audio and you know comic books is a unique 
uh, art form and that you've got this combination of art and, and uh, dialogue and in the way and, and a way that each one of those artists, just like you're saying the the letterer has their own um, thing that they bring to the table, which has obviously had an impact on you, Ben, you know, just the, the way that it uh, helped tell the story. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's just the writer or just the artist or just the letter or just the anchor or just the colorist. It's everybody brings their uh, best stuff to the table to help communicate this, this story. Um, so that, that's what I think is unique about uh, comic books in general. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it rides the line, you know, you don't, you don't need to and I don't mean this in, in a negative sense, um, you don't need to use as much imagination as you do for a novel because you have mm -hmm. to sort of envision what's going on on the page. And, and if, the, if, the, you know, if the author, the writer isn't as descriptive or as crystal clear or just has the talent for that, it's gonna be hard to visualize what, you know, what, what's going on. Um, and in a movie, you can just let your eyes do, do all the, uh, the absorption. But a comic book, it, the, the writer it, you know, can write that script the artist has to translate it and create momentum to keep it moving forward because it one or two bad panels can really cause you to lose interest, even if the script mm -hmm. is good. So they really have to, it's kind of like a, like a dance, right? The mm -hmm. script has to be good and the art has to move you page to page. I don't know if I've read in years because I'm just, I'm a little more selective, but there's books now I would go back and I've had, you know, guys say to me, guys in our, you know, comic book circles say things like, yeah, I miss those those uh, Spider-Man comics of the eighties. And I'm like, I, I really don't, I, I enjoyed reading them at the time. But I think, and, and, I, and I loved, uh, you know, John Romata Jr. And, and those guys, but if I, you know, if I, if I read, you know, one more, you know, Reed Richards calling Sue Storm darling in, I'll just pull my own eyeballs out. You know? Well, you're absolutely right there, darling. What we must do. And I'm just like, yeah. Come yeah, on, they, Stan. Nobody talks like that, you know. Stan, Stan was trying to write the great American novel in, into the two thousands, you know. <laughs> Love him to death, but it, you know, but but you know, but it was it was is like it was a cultural thing, right? And I think I think these books are, and, and that's what I we I, I thought you guys would enjoy these because I thought um, you know with us being all real close in age, we, we've all kind of had similar um, you know observations on what's going on in the world and, and the culture around us and the way things are going and all three of these books kind of speak to a little bit of that. So um, I was glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Much so. Just real quick. I want to jump back to this idea of um, what they're, I think what they're trying to talk about in the book um, and the allegories uh, as we're sitting here talking, it just dawned on me and you, Paul, you mentioned something that sort of triggered this, but I'm wondering if I triggered you, 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 you trigger, <laughs> trigger me a lot. Man, look out. <laughs> I'm wondering if, you know, this idea that it seemed like none of the humans had to work because the robots right. went out and did the work. So I'm wondering if what they're saying is that the humans sort of became expendable. And then this first round of robots now have become expendable. And now we're into the mandroids. And at a certain point, you know, if you continue down that path that the mandroids then would become expendable, you know, if that's right. this whole idea of we're all Expendable. And who wins? Yeah. And who wins in that? Yeah. And right. who's really in control? Corporations. What, what, yeah. What, what, what are they called? You know, in, in human corporations or something. I mean, that yeah. they're the ones that win. And so mm -hmm. I think that's, to me, that's sort of the, the umbrella this all falls under is the corporation's going to keep moving forward. It's just when humans die out and can't work, they'll just make more machines. When machines die out, they'll just make more machines. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I see that probably, you know, in my everyday, uh, you know, career, and I, I've seen it around where things are becoming more and more automated. Um, yeah. So, 
I, I think this kind of speaks to that. And that's why I kind of made the joke on Wally. You know, if you guys remember seeing that, you know, yeah. I saw that yeah. with kids and I, I thought it's kind of a serious topic for little kids. It was more yeah. geared like toward the humans, you know, like, Hey, knuckleheads, look what you're doing to your kid's world. You know, it's, yeah. I know, I know <laughs> one guy, what do you, I'm, I recycle. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah, I rinse exactly. my plastic cups. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for not all robots, uh, I'm going to, for artwork, uh, I will give it uh, five of five stars. Um, I really loved the artwork. I thought it was really fun. And especially, I, I know it sounds kind of funny talking about artwork, but I go back to the lettering. That's a piece of art in there. And that really impressed me. Um, for story, I'm going to go, I'm going to go four. And that's the reason why I'm knocking off a bit is, is I, uh, as we said earlier, it does feel like they've combined some stuff from past mm -hmm. stories. It's a great story, great allegory, but I feel like there was, uh, uh, not a, a, a ton of originality for me. So, but, but four there, and then overall, I would give it a four. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I'm very, very similar. I think uh, story story was was great. Again, myself having just read uh, the one issue and and not uh, not the the series of books, uh, it definitely had some some uh, self containment uh, story to it. Um, has been mentioned, you know, relying on some on some past story, which you know that's a typical comic. You know, the, the lovely little asterisk in the in the old days, seventies and eighties, right? Asterisk C such and such issue you know those those things have always been around and certainly um you know i think we all we all understand that so i'd say i'd say a four and a half uh on story artwork i love the artwork i love uh some of the panels and um again to, to ben's uh note on the lettering and just bringing the the complete picture together uh i'll give it four stars and uh, overall a four solid four very good very good uh piece of of artwork and and reading for sure. All right, Paul. All right. So for writing, I'm going to give it, you know, a four. Um, again, it does pull from some other elements. So there's some familiarity, but enough originality there, I think, with some of the characters and some of the, um, just the way it kind of, you know, it, it, it uh, like I said, it gave you that insight into the robots more usually they're just seen as the villain and, and you don't see that other side but we saw them like i said around the water cooler so to speak so i, I like that um so for the writing i'm going to give it a solid four for for the art I, I i like the art um i think it's really good i think there's some elements um uh that maybe uh make some of the panels a little crowded so i'm going to go with a four on that and so an overall a four um but Overall, a really good story. And of course, I have the perspective of reading all four issues so far. So um, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. All right. Well, I'm going to be the hard guy. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm going to reserve my fives and, and fours for things that just really blow me out of the water. Um, you know, for me, uh, art wise, I, I wasn't totally blown away by the artwork. Um, I felt like um, sometimes I couldn't tell the difference between the main characters. And, and for a couple of panels, I couldn't even really tell who the main characters were. Um, yeah. So, and like, and like the difference between the mandroids and the humans, definitely there was like a little confusion there for me. Anytime that pulls me out of the story, uh, that 
you know, so I went three out of five uh, on the on the art um, and then writing. I, I agree with everything everybody said. I went three out of five on that. But, you know, it's interesting just having this conversation and talking with with all of us. Um, I think this this happens a little bit with art, too. When you have discussions and it uh, brings more to the table and you realize, oh, maybe I missed something. And mm -hmm. now, you know, I might go back and reevaluate my score <laughs> on the writing, but I did a three out of five initially. Um, I might go back and reread the, the entire five issue collection and that might change my my opinion of the whole thing. But overall, I, I gave it a three, which is, you know, right in the middle. It's not like bad. I, I think it's good, but uh, it wasn't like it. it you know, knock my socks off 100%. Um, but I, I, I think it's an interesting idea. Now that we've talked about it, like I said, I, I might go back and reevaluate, re but that, that's where I would land. So I'd, I'd like to just jump in just for a second yeah. on, on your point to uh, the uh, being a, a difficult to differentiate between some of the characters, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I almost, I, I was a little frustrated at first with that too, I'll, I'll admit. But uh, uh, I, then I started thinking about it and what is it to be a, a, a machine, a cog in the machine? You're just one more piece. You're, and that's why like, I've noticed the robots were kind of difficult to tell apart. Maybe if you look at their closely at their hands or mm -hmm. you know, whatever their usefulness is, uh, some of the people, the, the humans to mandroids, there was no, differenti uh, no differentiators. And I almost felt like that was on purpose. I don't know if it was, <laughs> but I, I took it to be like, I was trying to, you know, give some uh, uh, points to the artist, be like, okay, they chose this and everybody kind of <laughs> had a similar look. But uh, I felt like, because when you tie it into the rest of the allegory, it seemed to fit to me. So, but it could be just, you know, uh, we're, another book we're going to review later is about conspiracy theories and they're piecing the things together that aren't necessarily uh, supposed to go together. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to paint my own picture. <laughs> you know what, Ben? That, that, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Um, Mike Diodato's art in other, um, other avenues have, has been really, really outstanding. And of course, obviously the inker and colorist have a lot to do with that too, but um, I think he's capable um, and so I, I think there's something to maybe your uh, blurring of the lines, so to speak. He's trying to, and, and that might be, and again, Shane, your, your, your rating is completely fair. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's in yeah. the eye of the beholder. And, and if that's not an obvious, um, you know, if that's not an intentional um, design by him, and he doesn't come out and say that it, it's going to be hard to detect. So Ben, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was fantastic. I, I thank you for suggesting this, Paul. I really appreciate it. This was a great yeah. read. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Since it's only five issues, mm -hmm. definitely worth uh, checking out all five. And uh, so, yeah. So, all right. That was great. First episode in the can. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next one. Well, that was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the uh, reviews and uh, please subscribe and uh, click the thumbs up button. That really helps us out a lot. We can keep bringing you new content and new reviews and uh, we'll see you on the next one.